Right, so in this episode, um, I'm going to tell you a bit about my life, if you want to know. I get a lot of messages asking some personal questions, so I thought I'd put it in a podcast. Podcast. Okay, so I'll just give you some facts and then you can put it all together. I'm not going to go through my whole life, that's boring. Um, Right, so I'll talk about what has been the most influential thing. Sorry, I'm yawning. It is quite late. Um, and then I'll talk about, you know, what I've done, how I've got to this point, you know, what I've learned along the way. The reason I'm going to open up a bit is actually, you know, so that you can relate more, see pockets of yourself woven within my experiences well and, you know, kind of see where you fit in in it all, you know. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is, um, I don't know if you can hear, some people notice it, some people don't, but I actually have a bit of a speech impediment. I didn't talk until I was three, I think, three, three and a half-ish, didn't say a word. And then my first word was a swear word, I know, you didn't see that coming, did you? So my first word was a swear word, and, um... Yeah, I just didn't really talk much. And I was quite an ignorant child in the sense of my name would be called, I just wouldn't answer it. Um, I know that's a symptom of autism. I don't actually have autism. I just, you know, I just wasn't interested. <laughs> you know, so I, I definitely had an attitude <laughs> that I don't think has left me, to be honest. So if you can hear sometimes when I'm talking, there's a slight delay and I get my words stuck. Um, and I actually think, I've been trying to get to the bottom of this, I've actually gone to hypnotherapy and everything about my swearing, and we think it's a coping mechanism to be able to bide myself time and the way that I express myself. I actually don't consider swearing as offensive. I find it expressionist, um, an expressionist form. So um, I know there's a study out there that swearers are generally very honest people and you know, so I use it as kind of almost like a tempo, like um, an instrument, you know. And if someone's swearing on my face at me, then we're going to have a problem. But I certainly don't use it in that way. Um, And then, so yeah, as a kid, I don't know, I was a bit quiet and whatever. I had a lot of passion that kind of was a little bit angry. And, you know, I think I was just your general kid, to be honest with you. Very sporty. I like to be in my body even now. It's very important with the job that I do that I'm in my body. I can get very physical. Um, Otherwise, I'm head in the clouds. You know, there's no grounding whatsoever. Um, Yeah. And then um, I think I talked to you about this in a previous podcast where um, I didn't do very well in my exams. And it wasn't because I was stupid. Far from it, actually. I was in top sets for some things. And... uh, Yeah, I always overthought and that was the problem. And they said to me, like, when it comes to your exams, don't overthink. So I'd always answer the question, like, beyond what it was. Um, So it just hardly ever made sense. But it kind of made sense when when you read it in the sense of, like, within a conversation. Like, it was just too much. I always wrote too much. And get this for funny. Uh, when I was a kid, I think it was middle school. So I don't know how old. What's that? Between 9 and 12, I think something like that, we had to write a story um, and I ended up, now 
you know, you can laugh if you want, but I wrote a musical and I handed it and all you had to do was write an A4 piece of paper, a story. Well, I handed in, I did pages and pages and pages and I even wrote songs. I mean, how gay is that? So anyway, I handed over this musical. So I was very, in some areas, I was always overextended myself. It was bizarre. I always had a lot of energy, you know. Um, yeah, and people ask me all the time, like, did you have this gift or whatever as a, as a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always talking to something in my head. It was a bit bizarre. Um, but I grew up around religion, and I remember having this encounter. No one knows this. No one knows this. I remember being in this church. Now, from memory, we did go around. We had a church that we used to go to every Sunday, but we used to go to these Christian events as well because I do remember from memory, you know, Christian bands, you know, playing, you know, those pop bands playing. And there was a bit of that happy clappy thing going on. And they'd, you know, like, Jesus Christ and push you over and someone would catch you. You know, there was a bit of that going on. And yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot. And um, I, as a child, get this, I remember seeing um, on the stage, there was a cross and I remember seeing, weirdly, it's like the best way I can describe it is like an hallucination. Um, and it was Jesus coming through. And I remember seeing it and it was really weird. It didn't spook me out. It really relaxed me. And then ever since I just can talk to... Um, talk to people on the other side and I can get messages and things. Um, yeah, I'm very connected to it, very connected to it. Yeah. Um, people don't know this either. I mean, I'm going to, I need to stop saying that phrase because basically this is an, an episode around what people don't know, but I had meningitis as a baby and then um, I've been quite sick in the sense of I had meningitis. Then I remember when I was a teenager or young, young, like older child early teens I don't know how hard it was but I just remember getting these weird little things like I remember once waking up on my I don't know if it was an infection I don't know but my legs just stopped working but they were so sensitive because I remember if you touched them it was just so much pain and stuff and I remember the doctor kind of writing on my back I don't know where my medical records are I need to figure out I need to find them and read them I don't know if it was blood poisoning or just an infection but there was always something going on or some weird little you know things going on um and then yeah I had appendicitis and then obviously I donated a kidney and yeah just these weird little things I don't really know to be honest but Weirdly, I never catch the common cold. I mean, the whole of COVID, I mean, for someone who hasn't got an appendix, which is apparently it supports your immune system, and I don't have a kidney, which again supports the immune system. So basically my immune system is shot to shit. And I never get, I was walking around like a goldfish, like trying to catch this COVID. Well, not trying to, but seeing if I wasn't, I didn't catch it once. So things like that, I just don't, I don't catch things. I don't know, maybe my immune system is really strong now from, you know, all the weird stuff, but I don't know, it's weird. Um, so yeah, so I uh, went to school, um, didn't do very well. Um, I was incredibly fortunate to have one of those brains where I was both um, artistic, uh, very good at art, uh, got an A in that, and um, very academic 
so my grandpa went to he was a vicar but he um so we're all welsh pretty much you know some people are half welsh some people are full welsh but anyway so my grandpa was welsh and he went to cambridge university and studied the classics so he um yeah latin english all that you know um then became a vicar he was a farm he grew up on a farm farm boy that's another thing i do i repeat words as well yeah anyway it's great if you're half deaf because i just repeat myself naturally um and then yeah went to college did a bit of that did a bit of um you know music and stuff um what else um went backpacking so the thing is is i remember feeling internally very um weak if i'm going to put it politely very nervous you know i didn't really have a lot of skills i didn't feel like i had great social skills i remember like even as a child i was incredibly shy and i remember um when i was at school we did our work experience and i went to the local hospital and i remember like it's really bad when i think about it but i remember being so shy that the staff there so there were adults and they would sit in the staff room and I would stand outside of the staff room because I was too shy to go in. So I would always, you know, I, it's really weird. I mean, now I probably would have been diagnosed with something. I'm sure of it. But back then, anything wasn't, it wasn't known. Um, but I just remember being at the hospital. Like I was very good with people that I already knew. But strangers, I just absolutely, I don't know why, but I just was no good at them. So I would always try and go around on my own, unless I knew you. So I always had my attachment style was like, if I knew you, then I would be around you all the time. Um, but I wasn't very good at spreading myself out thinly. And it's still a bit of a bugbear. I really don't. Yeah, it takes me ages to get to know someone I don't really know. Like I, like now I can talk to people, obviously, because otherwise I won't be able to do my job. But yeah, I was just really, really shy. I struggle a little bit with shyness now, but thankfully... And this is what happened next was I went backpacking and et cetera. And then I wanted to do, because um, everyone in our family works for themselves. And they um, have their own businesses. Um, but I wanted to actually work for somebody else. And I wanted to go down the corporate route and build that career because I thought it would be really good foundations and it would give me a really good skill set. So I went down that and it actually did. It gave me really great social skills. Backpacking helped as well because I went on my own. Um, so yeah, the shyness, I really managed to overcome that. I, I realized that I had to do something to get to get that, you know, get out of that. Um, so yeah, I thought if I go abroad on my own, that should do it. I think it's called exposure therapy where you throw yourself in at the deep end. Which I absolutely did. I mean, I, I mean, looking back, it's like really you couldn't even talk to people on your work experience. <laughs> Book a flight to Thailand where they don't even speak your language. But anyway, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, and then um, yeah, I've worked my way up ever since. Hang on, let me get a glass of water. Yeah. Hmm. Now, the kind of jobs that I've had, you know, I've always been a bit of a grafter. 
You know, I remember working at a warehouse, pulling pallets around a warehouse. God, it was cold. It was. It was a fridge. It was a fridge warehouse. <laughs> and you had to wear um, steel toe-cap boots, um, like long johns, <laughs> jeans, vests, T-shirts, jumpers, and a high-vis. Yeah, and I was, I'm five foot three and a half, and I would have to pull these giant pallets of turkeys and meats and things around a warehouse. And I remember, because they're just like, it was the, the banter of it. They would give me, um, just to take the piss really, they'd give me um, loads of boxes of turkeys. And I was like, are you serious? And I'd have to climb on this thing and pick up these boxes of turkeys and put them in cages. So, you know, outside the supermarket, sometimes you see the, the vans pop up, the lorries, and they bring off these cages with other food. That's what I used to load in a, in a fridge. Yeah. So then I'd get up at 5 a.m. I'd get to work. I think I'd start my shift at 7. I'd finish at 3. I never forget it. And then I'd get in my car. And then drive to Blockbuster Video and do a shift until about 11pm. And I'd do that most nights. I've always, always had two jobs and worked all the time. Always rolled my sleeves up and got on with it. Um, so yeah, that was really... So anyway, went backpacking. And um, yeah, I kind of... I joined a charity out there. So I did a bit of teaching or whatever. But the majority of it, yeah, I was going on my own I was going on the night bus from south to north from north to south sorting out my passport and visa so that I could stay an extra month um got myself in a few scrapes <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird like just things you yeah it's just bizarre anyway um so yeah I managed to kind of talk to a few people and whatever meet a few people and then um yeah the the gut instinct the manage the the mediumship and everything it just follows you around like you can try and live a normal life but you know you can't help but tap in and you can't help but feel things out and you can't help but get messages and stuff um and people ask me all the time like what happens if you get a message from for people that are you know haven't asked or booked I mean you try and avoid that because you don't want to be a walking talking antenna you know, you've got a life to live, you know, and and everything. And you don't want to get too sucked in either because you don't want to be la-la land and not paying your rent or whatever, you know. Because I do know a few spiritual people like that. I'm, I'm surprised they even function. But um, if I – and I that this happened, I think, about a year ago, actually. There was a guy on the street, so he didn't have a home and um, had a message for him, so I passed it on. And basically, I, the message was, I said to him something, within three weeks, you're going to get an opportunity. Don't turn it down because it's going to lead to another opportunity and it's going to be like a little job. So just do the one job, just do it. And then you're going to get... And, and anyway, I did it in fine detail. Um, and yeah, so I do pass messages on. Um, but, you know, I, I do kind of have a bit of a chat, like, you know, got a life. Um, what else? The, um, yeah, so my jobs, I've had lots of different jobs. Uh, yeah, even now, like with the, um, with the clients that I have, they're quite high up, I guess. 
don't really know. I don't really understand the, um, you know, I don't really understand the celebrity world. I don't get it. Like sometimes I think, like someone will book me and they'll say, can I go around the house? And I go around the house and it's like in a really posh area or something. And I think, cool, yeah, whatever. And then I think, I swear I've seen you somewhere. But then I think, well, I don't really know because I don't watch the telly and I don't watch films very much. I seem to watch the same ones, so you're not in any of them. And then I went to see a lady recently and she was like, I don't know, she had a thing about my vibe. She really liked my vibe. She wanted to be best mates whatever, which, nah. And, um, yeah, she was like, oh, I want to fly you, you know, let's go to, uh, you know, L.A. and I'll fly you. And I'll pay for you and everything. And I got a th funny thing about that. I said, no, no, I'll pay my own way. But I said, I don't really know you, so I'm not going to go fly. For all I know, you could be a sex trafficker. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I get some really bizarre, like, they're bizarre to me because, um, you know, it's just not my world, is it? Getting on a flight with someone I don't even know, you know, and being bought. It's just not my thing, you know. And sometimes I receive gifts and things, which is nice. But no, I don't really like, um, I don't like people paying for me. No, not when you've worked two jobs your whole life. You know, it's a bit weird. It's a bit, you know, nah, I'd like, I like to get to know people and I like just get to know them. See what ticks, see what's going on. You know, I think life's really hard anyway. Like for everyone, even if you're a celebrity or not a celebrity, life is hard. In fact, it can be even more of a bore like when you're a celebrity because I don't know, there's something about you which every people want things. And I just can imagine it gets very tiring, just really tiring. So I'm not surprised. I walk into these people's lives and it's like quite refreshing, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind hanging around with people and going for coffee and things, but I'm not into this. Um, I don't want to be in, basically, I don't want to be in everybody's phone book and then they're ringing me or texting me when it suits them. That's just not my vibe, you know? So, um, yeah, I communicate through Instagram a lot. Not many people have my WhatsApp, you know, on purpose. Not many people have it at all. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I get asked a lot is, do you think, do I think everyone has the gift? And you know what? Yeah. Yeah. So my family is very witchy in the sense of, um, I remember my sister like could do palms, I think. And then my mom did Reiki. Um, yeah. And then she was in the crystals and the aromatherapy and things. And then my nan would say things and it was a bit, you know, witchy and predictably. I just made that word up, but enjoy it. You know, there's there's a lineage in our family which is a bit, you know, witchy for sure, without a doubt. And, you know, you got to remember, like, being a witch and stuff. I know people kind of advertise it. I'm a witch, I'm a witch. But it's like, what does that even mean? You know, it's actually being a witch and having witch's blood because I do believe it's lineage and it's passed down. What you'll notice is the girls will be more um, 
the girls will have a pattern and the it, it's more prevalent in girls in the family actually and um the girls will have a gift so i'm not saying the boys won't but you'll notice the the girls it will be passed down from mother to daughter mother to daughter um and one of the traits of you know a witch or whatever is that they can communicate with the with nature so what happens in my circumstance um i will be either walking along or weirdly actually this happened the other week i was in the bath so we have this really deep bath it's absolutely stunning and I was in the bath I try not to imagine that actually I shouldn't have told you that visual obviously I had my bikini on not and um, outside of the window there's this really big tree and I'll t- I'll tell you I'll talk you through it and then maybe you can see if something similar has happened to you so I'm in the I'm in the bath just chilling and like I don't have any music on I'm just literally in my own head and there's something about this tree that's just caught my eye like it's starting to move quite aggressively and I'm thinking that's very strange because there's no wind like I had to look out the window and I'm thinking there's no other wind so I'm thinking this tree's kind of trying to connect with me I know this sounds weird but stay with me so this tree's moving and I'm thinking I wonder if it's moving for everybody else because I am prone to see things that aren't there so I'm thinking "Mm, maybe I don't know, is this like a, that's another thing about this gift thing. You have to, you have to get used to the absolute head fuckery of it. It's a burden, believe me. So I'm lying there and I'm seeing this tree like move. And then I'm thinking, but nothing else is moving. And I'm thinking, and then I see a breeze and I'm like, why did the tree move before the breeze? So anyway, it's just weird stuff like this. And then I get this thought that goes with it. And so as the tree moves, I get this thought and it was um, something happened in the week. I can't remember. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have told you the story. Anyway, so there's something happened on the news, and I got this feeling that some, this thing was going to happen, and then it happened. So it's like nature talks to me. It's really, really strange, but I'll, nature will move. Nature will do something, and I see it, and I think, oh, that's going to happen then. Um Ah, okay. Another example is, do you know, we had those floods in India recently. I was walking along. So right by my house, I'm on the Thames, literally on the Thames. And I was walking along the Thames and I just hear this uh, massive droplet of water. And I'm like, what is that? It sounded like something had splashed in the water, but I have a look and there's no ripples. There's no splash or anything. And I'm like, what, what you know like I thought well what was that and immediately I get the thought that goes with it and it was like the waters are coming and I'm like the waters are coming what the hell and then for the in that moment that's all I got so I couldn't I couldn't predict enough for it to be India I couldn't predict anymore I just knew the waters were coming within literally 24 hours there was floods all over the news and I was like ah okay that so that's one of the signs actually of being a bit witchy. Nature will provoke you or or poke you, um, try and get your attention. Like nature talks to you, you know. Um, so nature has, you know, it's very cellular and it has um, intelligence. And once you learn nature's intelligence, and that's what the witches do, they are at one. I know this sounds crazy, but whatever it's you're at one with it so you you know the language without being taught it 
you know. Um, it's in your blood and it's very similar to, you know, now we're getting people kind of identifying with um, cultures that is in their blood from centuries ago, you know, because they just resonate, they get it, they get the culture, but there's no reason why they would get it because it's not in their, you know, it's not in their current culture or whatever, but it's in their bloodline. And that's what I'm saying. When something's in your bloodline, you're still carrying that information around. So it's really interesting. And this is what I teach people to channel into their bloodline and get that ancestral knowledge. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you another sign actually is if you get, you know, overwhelmed and you're a little bit anxious because you're not tuning into your gifts. You're not using them. You're not you know, listening. So they'll piss you off. Your gifts will come through and agitate you and try and get your attention. Then you're sitting there going, oh, I need to go to the doctors and get on meds. Absolutely, you do not. You know, you just need to tune in to your magical side. And your magical side is that dormant um, ancestral knowledge and intelligence that's going around your bloodstream and you're completely ignorant to it but it's trying to get your attention. So you're not going crazy. Uh-uh, quite the opposite. It's it's quite interesting, actually, because um, I know with therapy, they reverse engineer what you think, your thoughts, and then they will arrive at a trauma. Now, with my work, is I will tune into your energy and download it like software, basically. I'm downloading all the information, and I'll reverse engineer it because... A lot of times I meet people and they are either depressed or they're anxious or they have this and they have that and they have, um, I had a client recently, literally saw her at the end of last week, she had Tourette's Um, and then I reversed engineer it and it came from when she was 12 years old, you know, and I said this, what happened, blah, blah, blah. So it reset her nervous system so she was twitchy. So my work is always reverse engineering the um, the signals that your body's given off, because it's always emotions first, and then it's expressions within the body. You know, so whenever you see someone with an ailment or like a, a body that you know is twitching, or there's, you know, I mean Louise Hay talks about this. You know, she'll say that you know you're if you have trouble with your knees, it's because you don't want to move on. There's always like an emotional component, but. With my work, it's really interesting because I get to tap in and I get to download your life story. Like That's quite a responsibility. It's a burden as well. But, you know, it's an incredible um, ability to have because I can soothe and offer you kindness and understanding, you know, in a world where which just judges you for it, you know. Um yeah, it's funny because I got a uh, referral, not a referral, a, um, a testimonial recently that said I'm like the big sister or something that you wish you had or the best friend that you wish you had. And I thought that was, really touched my heart that because, yeah, I always try and be that shield. Yeah, and it's, and it's funny because I get the celebrity clients. I call them celebrities because they do do something on the telly or they do something on the, they got the blue ticks, you know. And, um, yeah, I always try and protect them. I never say who, ever. And, um, well, it's not because I, I can't, like, you know, I, I will get an NDA sorted if you want one, but 
no, most of my clients, they don't ask. But it's, it's polite, you know. Why would you be telling other people about, why would you use them to make yourself bigger, you know? I remember having a um, business meeting, actually, about a project that I'm doing. And someone actually asked me, they said, will you get some of your celebrity clients to come forward? And I said, absolutely no, no, no way. And I've put a halt on the project because I'm not using any of my clients to catapult me or to push me into the spotlight. That's no, if it takes a bit longer for me to get out there, then it takes a bit longer to get out there. I'm not using anybody and it's not right because they've come to me, you know, um, secretly they've come to me like I am like everybody's guilty pleasure to be honest um because the amount of weddings that I get <laughs> asked to go to because my clients you see because I'll engineer them to the to their soulmate you know and they'll say oh Katie I need help with my love life thing and I engineer them so that they meet their soulmate and then they meet their soulmate and they ask me to go to the weddings but the amount of times they say Oh, okay. Um, if you come, which I've said, I've crossed the board, I won't go because if I say I'll go to one, then I have to go to all of them. But they've said, if you do go, do you mind not saying that you're a psychic medium? Because <laughs> everyone will want to know, you know. Um, and they'll, they'll see that that person used a psychic medium. So I think I'm everyone's guilty pleasure. <laughs> Secretly, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think if it, I'd rather do something with grace and kindness and, um, you know, class and decorum and have a sense of decorum and for it to take longer than to put someone in a vulnerable position and say, hey, look, do you mind coming forward and saying that I do read for you because it'll make me look good? I just think that's so trashy. It's so shit. I did hear my accent come out then, <laughs> trash eye. Uh, it's hilarious. Um, oh, yeah, that's another thing. People ask me what my accent's from. Now, I didn't think I had one, but apparently I do. So I grew up in Atherstone, A-T-H-E-R-S-T-O-N-E, in Warwickshire, um, between Coventry and Birmingham, Nottingham and Derby, I believe, right in the middle. Well, that end anyway. Um, and then I moved to Birmingham, lived there for a bit, and then I came to London in 2011. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, my accent's changed a lot. It, it was very brummy. And then um, I know I had, when I <laughs> when I have a few drinks, <laughs> get, this, <laughs> get this for funny. Um, so, you know, sometimes I work in corporate, well, um, the, uh, there was a, a, my boss's boss's boss or whatever, the big wig, came from New York. <laughs> she came to see us all because we were all like a new team. You know, that team bonding crap. So um, she came to London and we'd all, we're all, you know, getting a bit drunk. And she said the next day, apparently she said to my boss, he, he was laughing about it. He says, oh, by the way, she said, that Kate seems a really nice girl, but to be honest, I didn't understand a word she said all night, and it's because my accent came out really strong. <laughs> Lol. Got a laugh. Um, and then, what else did you want to know? You wanted to know um, if I was born with this ability. Oh, yeah. 
I think I answered that actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then people always ask if you can give, if I can give one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, my biggest piece of advice would be to stay, to stay childlike, not childish, don't be childish, don't be a knob, stay childlike. Now there was something on the Instagram recently that said, they did a study that people who stay childlike the longest are the most successful, like Elon Musk, you know, etc. And he gave off some other examples. But from my experiences, when you are childlike, you, you stay in a sense of awe and you can create a little bit of magic and you can still, no matter how hard life is and it doesn't matter how difficult your perspective seems to be, you know, and you can't seem to get out of this hole and your chest is just so heavy from grief. If you can have the ability to stay childlike, then in a weird way, hope starts to develop and grow by itself. Positivity seems to be something that comes with ease and awe. By keeping in a state of awe, you see the world in such a magical way. Um, so things like you get very surprised, um, you know, like just, I know I'm going to sound crazy, but you know, just by walking along the river, you know, you see if you keep a sense of awe, then you will be pleasantly surprised by the randomness that comes. Like you might see a duck and all of a sudden that duck seems really cute and really, you know, quite random and entertaining but you can only see it from that perspective if you stayed in a state of awe and pleasantly surprised. And also, it helps you with people. So, you know, when, um, you know, when, when you don't have an easy time with people and people can be quite treacherous because we're all so random and we're all on different numbers. And what I mean by that is your numerology number. Um, so I'm like an, a, life, um, a life number nine. And nines tend to be pretty much over it. You know, like I just can't be asked anymore. I just, I'm over it. I've said to my guides, I ain't coming back. Forget it. You know, that's the attitude of a nine. Um, so because we're all on different numbers, then you're going to get some people who are very childish because they're number one or number two. You're going to get people who are out for what they can get because they're struggling you know, at different numbers. And then you're going to get your number nines, which are just over it and less connected. So because we're all on different numbers, that's when you get the, um, the you know, the unpredictability of, of people and people say, oh, you know, you never know with people, you know, they stab you in the back and everything. And, that, and that's absolutely, that's human nature. But if you can keep with a state of awe, you always stay a little bit hopeful and always a little bit surprised, which is really nice you know um yeah and then uh what else uh oh I think I missed a bit out with the old um religious thing so we stayed because we're from a religious family we stayed in a convent like for a weekend as part of our church I think it was like a church thing anyway you know what that convent struck me so hard that I actually wanted to be a nun I forgot to tell you so when I was about 15, um, I knew that I wanted to 
well, I leant towards having like having a regimented life, but I wanted to be of service. I knew two things at 15. One, I wanted to be of service. And two, I needed a routine and I needed like a regiment. And I thought, if I go into the army, I might have to kill someone. I don't know if I can do that. And then if I'm a nun, then, you know, I'm never going to be able to love and I'm never going to be able to, you know, challenge myself in that regard. You know, and I might have, you know, I'm going to be such in, embedded in God's army that, um, you know, I might not be able to make mistakes and actually resonate with people. So what I ended up doing was a couple of years later, I said, right, that's it, I'm going backpacking. And I remember praying. I don't consider myself religious now, but I remember praying and said, right, throw me to the lines, essentially, you know, make me learn what I need to learn. And so I can help people. And you know what? Roughest years of my fucking life. <laughs> Sorry, I just said the F word. But it's like, um, yeah, and uh, awful. <laughs> yeah like didn't disappoint to put it that way but I'd learned so much about people and things that now I can empathize and have compassion and offer solutions you know because I've gone through it gone through the fires as they say you know um so yeah it's quite interesting but you know everyone has a has, has a like um yeah everyone has a soul um you know, some darker than others. Um, but yeah, everyone has one. And I always try and speak to people's souls and hearts. So when I meet people, regardless of their status or whatever, I always try and channel in to see what's going on. You know, and it's always met with a good reaction. Um, I know with the celebrity people that I deal with, they um, sometimes they look at me a little bit like, who the hell are you? <laughs> And I think quite the same. I think, who the hell are you? You know, it's it's quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's quite nice, actually, in a weird way. Um, but my biggest advice, really, is just don't let people bother you. We're all the same. They have a soul. They're going to be made accountable at some point. And um, no one can truly hurt you. They can't split you in two and they can't destroy you. But they, what they can do, and this is where the power lies in them, is they can change your perspective so that you believe they can. But once you realise that they have absolutely no power over you whatsoever, you can laugh it off to a degree. That doesn't take away the physical, emotional or psychological pain, may I add, but it, it helps you believe that, you know, there is a threshold on this. You know, because I know there's some people out there, and, I, you know, I've, I've dated one, but I know that other people have been in toxic relationships where they make you believe that they're going to absolutely destroy your whole life. Um, no, <laughs> they can't. They can try. But what they can do is gaslight you so much that you end up destroying it yourself and unpicking it yourself. But they feel like, or they make you feel like they're at the helm. Actually, it's not. They're just putting you on a self-fulfilling prophecy but filling your head with so much rubbish that you're kind of like doing it for them. Um, once you realize that these people are actually incredibly small and stupid um, and nothing more than inflated little asshole bullies, then they have no power whatsoever. I mean, they can shout to the cows come home, 
and they can huff and puff their chest up and try and involve everybody else in their little campaign. But who cares? Let the trash take itself out. You know, I, I talked recently about, I think I've written it in my book, actually, about some people come in your life to tear things up. They're like little tornadoes and they will take all your friends and they will take the job and they will take opportunities and they'll take a bit of money. You know, they'll come in and they just, shoom, and from one end of the perspective, um, perception, perspective, one end of the perspective, you know what I mean, but it's like, you know, you could be thinking, oh my God, they took everything since I've met this person, they've took everything, but actually let them honestly to God, because I call them little tornadoes because they're taking the trash out, you know, so they'll take the weak people first, the weak friends that you thought were so close to you that were just weak, but actually didn't support you whatsoever, they'll be the first to go with them. And it'll be like, brilliant, trash took itself out. You know, and that might take a bit of money and a few investments or whatever, but it's like, ah, oh, whatever, whatever, you know, have it. Because you're emptying it out. You're emptying it out. So it's like when you refurbish your house, right? You can't buy new stuff if you haven't got rid of the old stuff. So the um, those investments or that money or those friends or that situation we'll all have an energetic message, like an energetic imprint. And if it's not serving you, it'll go. Let it go. Don't resist it. You know, so sometimes with little tornadoes, you just go, oh, okay, yeah, you can empty my life for me, are you? Good. Take the, take the crap, take the trash, take it. Don't fight. Don't fight for people. Don't try and stop them from taking things, you know. Let them. Fill your boots, you know. So no one can destroy you, no one. They can play with your fucking head, uh, yeah, but they can't, it's all an illusion, it's all smoke and mirrors, you know. If you, um, if you really knew who you are, and this is what I mean, you need to tap into your, your magic that's going around in your bloodstream, in your bloodline, you need to tap into it, because you'll see a lion in there, or you'll see a dragon, I've got the Welsh dragon, I'm placid as shit, but if you cross me, yeah, there'll be a dragon there, you know, and it's, you know, it, it's having that power, that empowerment, that um, identity, knowing yourself, knowing who you are, knowing your bloodline, you know, so spend more time doing that. Meditation, you'll get it out, or give me a call, I'll help you get it out, but no one can destroy you, uh-uh, uh-uh. Watch out for the ones that are playing with your head and trying to put um, an imprint on your brain, like in a, like a perception, you know, an expectation, a rejection, you know. Watch out for them. Mind trickery. I mean, they're nothing more than manipulative little rats. But that's it. They have no power whatsoever. You know, I've met some, I've met criminals, I've met some scary people. That was another question someone asked. They said, do you believe in evil? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it, people, people's eyes. Um, yeah, I've seen, um, I've seen it where their eyes literally go dark, so dark. Like there's, they go from being a person and their, their eyes switch and it's like no one's there and it's just an entity. It's very weird, very weird. But anyway, I'll leave you on that note. But, yeah, remember who you are. If you have an essence about you and you have a feeling that there's more to you than meets the eye, give me a call. Let's get the spades out and start digging. 
it's quite remarkable once you get that power, you know. Quite remarkable how confident you are and how you don't give a shit. Yeah. And that just makes you even more attractive. <laughs> it's really weird. But anyway, love you very much as always.